This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale Spencer, editor of the Altamont Enterprise, talking to Genevieve Lucier. She was born 22 years ago as Jared Lucier. She and her twin brother John were well known in the Helderberg Hilltowns and beyond for their beautiful singing voices with harmonies reminiscent of the Everly Brothers. All along, Jenna has been on a quiet, sometimes difficult journey, discovering her sexual identity. She's planning on legally changing her name and changing her body with hormones to fit who she is. Her mother, she says, has always loved her for who she is. She is now speaking out about being a transgender woman, hoping to educate others. I would just like to start by hearing a little bit, now that you're age 22 and can look back at, a, you know, a lifetime, what, when was it that you first realized that being a boy wasn't who you were? So growing up where I am, obviously on the Hilltowns, you don't get a whole lot of education about the LGBTQA QIA plus community. Um, I, ever since I was little, my mom said the first thing that I wanted was a pair of pink fuzzy slippers. And, and I always knew that I was different. And I used to try on my sister's, I, my sister had dresses that I would try on. And I would always picture myself walking down the aisle in my mom's wedding dress. But growing up as Jared, I learned very quickly that that wasn't acceptable in our world back then. Now is a different time. And I'm so glad that times have changed so I am able to be who I am without... Well, I do get ridiculed and everything a lot, but you learn to take it with a grain of salt. Well, if it's not too painful, and you can tell me at any time if it is, I would just like to hear about some of the times that you were ridiculed or even as an adult in a job, discriminated against. Not just to hear about the pain of it, but also to hear how you dealt with it. So I was working at a supermarket, and those who know me know where the place is, but I'm not going to name it for certain reasons. Um, I was brought up to the office by the store manager and said that I needed to tone it down which meant I wasn't allowed to wear my wigs, which wigs are acceptable, especially in the workplace, especially when you wear lace front wigs. Lace front wigs are wigs that make it so you can't tell that it's not your natural hairline. And those are the types of wigs that I would wear, so it looked more natural. And the company, the dress code, stated that if I were to wear a wig, it would have to be a natural color wig. And my wig was the same color as my hair is today, as dark root to blonde, how I always wanted it to be. But back then, my hair wasn't the desired length that I would like it to be. So I would either try to do my hair or wear a wig that looked nice. And um, there were other people in the workplace that wore wigs that had crazy colored hair that did crazier makeup than what I did. But I got singled out. And, and it hurt because I was even employee of the month. So 
it hurt for my boss, the, the big boss, to come up to tell me that I'm not allowed to be who I am. And, um, and I just kept on wearing my wigs and wearing my makeup because that's who I am. And anybody who knows me knows that I love doing my makeup and I love doing my hair because it's a form of expression. And there's a time and a place for certain types of makeup and certain types of hairstyles. But I always made sure that I looked classy. And so, you do today. We, people you. can look at the picture that runs with this. You have this called, what, Dark Roots to Blonde? Mm-hmm. Is that, It's yeah. a balayage. Say that again? Ba- I'm not- it's a balayage. It's when you tease the hair and then you slap on the... Um, Oh, what you call it? Oh, sugar. Um, it's it's on the tip of my tongue. Well, people whatever. might not know the term. And the reason that Jenna does is when she was a high school student, she was in the Board of Cooperative Educational Services, BOCES, cosmetology program. Yes, and it was bleach that you put on there. <laughs> I just remembered. I'm like, bleach. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, right. But um, the balayage I had not heard. I'm, I'm not somebody that is, is artful. I wouldn't even know how to apply makeup the way you do. But tell us a little um, about what it means, because a lot of, I remember when you were still Jared, you would do a lot of amazing things with makeup and hair. You would have like um, models you would show me of things that you had done and pictures you had taken. How does putting on makeup change like your perception of yourself or how people see you? Well, for me, makeup is a form of expression. So I can use different colors to ex- to express how I'm feeling that day. And if, and I'm always very a chipper person. I'm not a very I'm not a downer at all in any in any case or form. Um, so I like to express that with nice, vibrant colors or like a nice, soft, smoky eye to be just for like the workplace or whatever. And you do have different personas because I have watched Jenna perform back when she was with Jay and Jay but also in as in a club on Central Avenue called The Rock where um yes rock okay and it's just um you're a different persona then you use the name Desiree and just tell us about getting ready for a performance like that and how it is different than back when you did the Everly Brothers with your brother. So Desiree is more is more outgoing, as when I was back because Desiree also has a huge role of me becoming into my own, because when you're in drag, it's you get she her pronouns, and I never had that before. I always like when growing up it was he him pronouns, so. As soon as people sang she, her, it felt more natural to me. And when you put on the when you put on the makeup, it's just a magical experience that happens. Like sometimes it'll take when I want to take my time, I could take up to five hours if I wanted to, to do my makeup just to play with it. It's so much fun to do. It changes like parts Everything. of your face. Like you can make your nose look like very aquiline and different than it really does. And yeah, it's yeah, it's, artistry. Yeah, and and all and drag too is a very, very wide variety of things. You could be a comedy queen. You can do 
um, what is it, ballads, you could do dancing numbers. So, and everybody has something to showcase. So a lot of the Albany has dancing queens, which the drag queens that are gorgeous and they can dance. And it's a form, it's a great form of art and a great form of expression. And tell us about the people you met there. I know you mentioned to me recently that you now have a drag daughter, and you use these familiar terms. I think you did. You have a drag mother too, or yes, I do. Um, my drag mother is Miss Kashi Goline, and it's she's a comedy queen. She's she's hilarious. If you have a chance to look her up, she's on Facebook of Kashi Goline, and she's amazing. Like she is so funny, and. Um, she she really inspires me to become more than just do a ballad, do a dancing number, or just a comedy number. She makes me like put in thought into what I do. And I try to do the same for my drag daughter, because with a drag family, they're really a separate family that you don't always have. Like with my drag daughter, I love her to pieces. And she's my, I don't have any other children besides her at this point. But now, how old is she? She's twenty right now, and we're only a couple years difference. But she is, she is something else. I love her to death. Like even for her birthday, I baked her a cake and surprised her on her birthday, and it's just those little things that really make it a family. And how do you come to? Because most of us are born into a family. How do you come to acquire this family? I mean, how how did you get your drag mother, and how did you get your drag daughter? And well, how I got my drag mother was performing at the clubs, and she saw me. She really liked me, and even before I even knew who she was, everybody compared me to her, and um, they said, "Oh, you remind me of Kashi Goline so much." And and at that point, I didn't know how to take that because I didn't really know who she was, but it's such a big compliment to be even associated with Kashi. And my and it, the thing about a drag family is some of these kids don't have a good home life, don't have a very supportive home life. So when you're the drag mother, you take on the role of the parent. And you can make sure that they have all the love that they need, especially I, I love my drag daughter to pieces. She has a, she has a, she has a hard life, but with a drag parent like me as a mother, I make it a little bit easier. Well, tell us about your own mother, because I know she's an incredibly supportive and oh, loving person. So how, like when you told us the one example from your supermarket experience, just going back in childhood, so many people have difficulty if they're trans with their parents accepting them. Just tell us a little about your mother and how how she's helped you become who you are. Well, my mom is very supportive of me, and I'm very thankful and so lucky to have an angel like that. Um, because a lot of these kids in our youth, they don't have a family like that. And my mom is so supportive. We go out shopping together. I help her pick out her outfits. She helps me pick out my outfits. She lets me borrow her old clothes, and it's... And it's such a great relationship. I don't know where I would be without that woman. She is my rock. She's my best friend. And I, I can't even explain, to begin to explain of how much I love her. Um, she's helped me out so much. She's always allowed me to be who I am. 
when we were growing up, my father didn't want us to buy Barbies or play with Barbies. He didn't want me to play with Barbies. And my mom said, you do whatever you want. It's your Christmas money. So I would buy my toys. I would buy my Barbies. She would allow me to do whatever I wanted. If I wanted makeup for Christmas, she'd get me makeup for Christmas. And it's, she's just everything. She is such a great mom. And I wish more kids in my community had a mom like my mom. And, and it's very upsetting that a lot of them don't because to me, a mother's supposed to love their child. Parents should love their children unconditionally because it is a part of them. Your child is a part of you. So you should love them with all the love that you could ever give somebody. Well, I know as um, Jenna and I were talking about doing this podcast, she wondered if we were going to get into statistics and mention suicide. So I went and looked up, and even though I knew it was a high rate for LGB, and oh, I noticed, I want to discuss that before I get into the suicide. You had several more letters than I had heard on the end of that. So... Let's just kind of have a primer here for people. L is lesbian. Um, B is bisexual. bisexual. T is transsexual. LGBTQ. Q stands for queer or questioning. There's and there are a lot of different letters of the alphabet for the um, for our community because which I wish one day that we would don't have to have. But right now, people want to say, oh, what are you? So or, labels. You? Right, and they're all labels. And you don't like labels, and really. I prefer, like I understand now, it's kind of people want labels because they want to know who's who or who's what. And I just wish one day we can just love each other for who we are and what we are without any question. Great philosophy, but just going back to the letters, so we, I, yeah, I didn't I, understand the last two. So the Q, I know from an earlier guest on this show, she's embraced the word queer, mm-hmm. taking it from being a pejorative term to making it like one she uses with power, but questioning is for people that just haven't really figured out right. what, okay, and then what were the other two letters you had on there? Q-I-A. Um, to be honest, I don't know what the I stands for, okay. but the A stands for asexual. A- okay. So and- they're just a variety of people that don't fit the straight, you know, straight and narrow <laughs> path right, right. that have different gender identities. Right, they have diff- the- different gender identities, different sexual preferences, there's it covers everything really okay and i don't know and there's a lot more than the qia that's why i say the plus at the end because there's a whole lot of different other ones that myself am not educated in which i would love to figure it out but yeah well no i just wanted to when we ran by that one i thought i'd go over it but i had looked up because you had mentioned and i knew it was a high rate um for LGBTQIA individuals, <laughs> but I was just shocked. On just transgender alone, a national study showed 40% of transgender adults reported having made a suicide attempt, and 92% of them said it was before the age of 25. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just horrible, horrible numbers. And have you escaped those kinds of feelings yourself? Even though I was raised wonderfully by my mother, um, I did have thoughts um, every now and then growing up because you don't get to, you don't know anybody like you. 
and everybody there was a lot of bullies at school and and it's very hard especially living up in the hill towns where yes I do have loving people around me but I also have people that really don't like me so how what could a school do to to help that what could a school do that would make it easier for someone like you when you were a kid um going through that system well for me i feel like they should have a seminar because i would love to do that especially up in burn because after i left there was a huge uproar of people coming out as bisexual transgender and and i know kids that that were above me that um they came out as transgendered after they left school and they came into their own. So I feel like that education up there would be would help tremendously. And especially living up there, you don't get the love and support for a lot of from a lot of your peers because they're very tight like they're, they're very uptight with everything and they think, "Oh, this makes me whatever. Oh, this makes me whatever." And especially like with me, so say I'm in a relationship and somebody dates me, that doesn't make them gay because they see me as a woman. Now the stigma up here is not always viewed the same. They're like, oh, that makes you gay. And it doesn't make you gay, but if it does, so what? If it makes you feel that way, so what? I I would love to have a seminar and bring um, people all from my community to, to talk and sit down with these kids and tell them that it is okay if you're feeling like this. And, is, and it is okay to have an open conversation about it. Because if you don't, have, if you don't ask questions and you don't get answers, you're just going to shut down. And that was a huge part. I was shutting down because I didn't know who I was. And I wasn't able to figure it out until I became of age to go out to the clubs and learn about different things. So I feel like it is it would be tremendous to have that sort of education up here. It would. So tell us a little about the club culture, because I know you've mentioned that you have performed now in New York and in the middle of, was it Syracuse in the middle of the state? Yep, it's Syracuse, Binghamton, Massachusetts, New York City. Um, I've been all over the place. So just tell us what, you know, what that's like, um, that, that kind of culture and network. It sounds like a network of people that are connected. It is, it is wonderful. There, there are people that support you and there are people that don't support you within your own community. So, and it's all about choosing your friends and choosing your family. Um, I love performing, especially in the city because you get all that energy, you get great energy and you have all these people coming after you afterwards and want to take pictures or whatever. And that's always something that I love to do. And then you make connection with the other um, queens and everything. And you, you get friendships out of that, too. Um, and when you go to these clubs, you see a whole different variety of what's out there. Especially in New York and in Albany. And in every club that I've been to you see a variety of different people. And you see the older queens that are in their 50s and 60s doing it. And it's just, who paved the way that made it so we are able to be who we are today? Because back then, they, when they were our age, they weren't able to be who they are. And, and with some of them, it was illegal to be who they 
were back then. So it's just when you go out to these clubs, you see a whole variety of different people. And it's really enlightening and loving support. Even my mom, she's gone out to the club with me. And, and it, was, uh, it's, it was a fun experience. And it was great. Is the way you sing differently than when you did, you know, like the singing with your brother? Is it? Um, I roughly, we, I do more modern songs when I do it, or I'll do a musical number or whatever when I sing. Um, but I, I just love the energy of it. Because, like, when you're at the club, you're, you're interacting with people face-to-face. You'll have a wireless mic, most clubs anyways. And you'll be able to go face-to-face with people. And how we make our money is some of us have a booking fee, and, and some of us work for the door. And it all depends on the venue, really. But mostly every time, we get tipped. And so when you make that connection with the people, you're singing to the people. And when I sing and perform, and I don't just sing, I do comedy, I lip sync, I dance. So it's like you do a whole bunch of different varieties in one show. And there's a lot of different types of drag as well. Like there's more like the rock and roll stars and there's more of the um, comedy queens that'll just put a pie in their face and call it a night. So what type are you? Do you have a type? Um, I like to do a little bit of everything. I haven't done the pie thing yet, but that, well, actually I can't say that. Um, Because one of the traditions that we do at Waterworks, when it's our birthday, we have the candles or whatever, and then we put the cake on the person's face. And it was was just so fun last time. I finally was able to do that because I didn't care about the end of the night. And it was just, it was a wonderful time. Well, tell us about the group in Albany. I think you said you're part of the Albany Pride group. Is that right? Um, you go to their parades, or is well, there... it isn't. It isn't a specific group. Is everybody gets together? I see. And um, everybody gets together and celebrates Pride. And and if you haven't gone, I would suggest people go to that. Even if you're not 100% a supporter, at least go to it and you can feel the love in the air. Like it brings me to tears every single time because everybody's so supportive of everybody, no matter who they are, what they are. And it's the one, and I think every day should be like that because I don't understand how it takes a lot of, it takes a lot out of you more to hate than to love somebody. And, and if, Somebody has something negative to say, just turn it into a positive. So how do you do that? I mean, how, how, give us an example, because I think most of us, when somebody says something nasty or hateful, we, you know, get defensive. And you seem to right. have this way of deflecting that. How, how do you do that? Um, I think it's, it comes natural, especially... Um, with being a drag queen and everything, it, you learn to get a thick skin because this thing is called reading, and the queens will like make called what reading reading yeah you're reading somebody so you're pointing out their flaws or whatever they'll just give you a dig and the best the way I do is I give it back to them in just like a playful way or or like if they're trying to be mean I'll be like I'm sorry you feel like that um, but you have to learn if my mom always taught me. To kill them with kindness. So if you they get you angry and you're angry at them, you're giving them what they want. So you get control by being the person, the nice person. 
that doesn't let it get to you. And it could eat you up on your way home or whatever, and you're angry in the car. But as long as you <laughs> put on the face and be like, it's okay. I'm sorry you feel like that. That gets them even more upset because you're still being nice to them when they want you to be angry at them. It's sort of the Martin Luther King Jr. approach, you right. know, that he did through the whole civil rights movement. Right. To- to just return with love. Right. But boy, that's hard to do. It is extremely hard to do. <laughs> but I, I'm always the loving person. I, I don't like to be rude to people. I don't, I've always have a smile on my face. And, and if I was having a rough day at my workplace, my customers always knew because I'm always smiling. So if I'm not smiling, something really had to happen. And in that case was, um, when a woman, um, was screaming at me because she didn't like the way I was dressed. And that day, that that day was, was a rough day, but I took everything with a grain of salt, and and she was from the Hilltowns too, which made it a little bit more upsetting to me. And it would be something if I didn't, we didn't know her from Adam, which I didn't know her from Adam, but she lives up near me. So having that hatred as my neighbor not literally my neighbor because my neighbors are very accepting of me um and it it was wonderful because even my next door neighbor we're out gardening and she came over and she wanted to have a conversation about it because she didn't know about it so and instead of a lot of people in my community they get angry when somebody asks them questions about their transition or whatever and for me i'd rather be informative and don't take anything personal because they're asking questions because they generally want to know. They want to know what's going on. They want to know how something happens. And if you just shut them down and start yelling at them, that's not going to help the situation at all. You need to be more informative. And if they ask questions, answer them. Don't get angry. So here's a question. If we have anyone, like a young teenager listening, like how is it like a coming out this transition how is it that you were able to make yourself known um you know that you weren't jared anymore that you're jenna and is there any advice for a kid that's in that position and feeling like they're they're not the gender they were born but they don't know how to how to let the world know. I guess it starts with your own family, but do you have any advice or any thoughts about what you went through? Well, for me, I had to accept myself first. Um, It took me a little bit to accept myself because of the whole stigma of everything. And I had to learn to love myself because in a famous drag queen, RuPaul Charles, she says... If you can't love yourself, how are you going to love somebody else? And you have to love yourself first and be able to come to your own and say, this is who I am. And really, that that took me a little bit to do. Um, Like what ages were you then? I mean, well, when I first came out, I identified as gay because I just knew that I liked the same sex. I didn't know anything else because up there they'll use gay as a as a term to put you down and 
you don't really know anything else. And um, I had the I don't give a crap attitude, what you think. <laughs> <laughs> and they, um, you really have to accept yourself. And as soon as you accept yourself, don't be afraid to tell others. Don't be afraid to be who you are. Um, in certain situations, I understand that kids might have to hold their tongue about who they are because maybe their family isn't accepting. And there are a lot of kids that get thrown out because of this. Thrown out of their homes. Oh, yeah. At 15, 16 years old, their parents kick them out on the streets because they don't like who their child is, which I find ridiculous because there are par- they are a part of you. They are your children. And there's this thing, I don't know if we have it up here. It's called the Trevor Project. And it helps kids. That's what this is. <laughs> the statistics are from. Yeah. It helps kids in the um, in the in my whole community, and and they give them shelters and everything. And we're um, I know there's a person working on getting a shelter in Albany, because there are a lot of kids that get thrown out, and it's it's heartbreaking, because they're just trying to be who they are, and. And it's hard enough even for a straight teenager <laughs> right. to figure out who you are and navigate right. going into the adult world. Right, and yeah. it's, it's hard enough for them, but we get it ten times Much. fold. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I would just say, be who you are. And if you're in that environment, you can still be who you are. But just wait until you're a little bit more stable to come out to everybody. because So know yourself first. Right. And then when you feel confident with that, Right. And let if you know that you have a good home life and everything. people that are supportive. Well, I'm wondering if there were particular things, and I might be making this up, but it seemed to me like the Hilltowns players. Did that help you? There you were on stage and you know, kind of admired by the community when you would perform? Was that a helpful thing, something like um, that? Or? Being on stage definitely helped. It yeah. helped me become a, the performer I am today. It helped me. Um, it did and it didn't at the same time. Yeah. Because you're still in the Heldebergs. So you still get those opinions that aren't very helpful. Um, you'll get those sly remarks even though it is a tight-knit group, you will get the, still get those sly remarks from other people. And it and after a while, it does get to you. Um, but as I said before, take it with a grain of salt. They, they obviously are ignorant in the way that they don't know what's going on. And they just, they just don't know. Well, tell us, we're almost out of time, but about okay. your... Your hopes and dreams going forward, now that you're solidly Jenna, what what kinds of dreams do you have? Well, for me, I want to have a family of my own. And with today's technology, it is possible. I can have a womb transplant, which would make it so I'm able to carry my own baby. And that's something that I've always wanted um, growing up. It's, it's, just, it's just something that I've always wanted. And... And I'm planning on full transitioning. I'm starting on hormones and everything. So that's going to, it helps your appearance look um, more girlish, even though my appearance does look girlish. It sure does. It, it does help a lot with that. Um, 
and hopefully have a family. Be, and I want to become a performer full-time um, down the road because I know I'm not ready for that right now. But down the road, it would be a dream to do it because then you travel the world. You travel the world. You get paid to travel the world and perform for hundreds of thousands of people. And it's, oh, I would love it. And I want to be an educator as well. And I would love to teach people about my community and about um, transgendered people as a whole and how to handle certain situations, how to be more accepting. So that's, and, and just inform people because I'd rather, as I said before, I'd rather inform people than get angry at them. And if they have a remark, let them have the remark because it's not, it's not going to get to me. I think that's good advice for all of us. <laughs> Thank you, Jenna. Thank you, Lisa.